Simplified Chaos, episode 189, for real. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Simplify Chaos. This is Jillian, and I'm with my co-host and husband, Nick. What's going on, folks? Hope you all are having an amazing week. We've got a great episode here for you today. This is a new series that we announced last week. Jilly, what are we diving into in our new series? Well, since our new series is all about evolving, evolution, we thought it would be appropriate to tackle topics to to share how it's changed and pivoted uh, among along the years. So our first topic is all about parenting. Yeah, yeah. I thought this would be a good one for us to to start off when we went ahead and did some research. We dove into the archives and listened to some old episodes. So uh, we're going to kind of see where we were when Lucille was around one years old and now she's four and a half. So three and a half years ago. We had a discussion around parenting, and now we're having this discussion again. But before we dive into that, as always, we love to show a little gratitude. So, Jilly, what are you grateful for this week? Um, it's funny. Last week was definitely, um, I was grateful for community. And today, I'm also grateful for community. Uh, I have another amazing mom friend that uh, we went to her house today. It was a super, super rainy day, and she was just like, you know what? I don't even want to venture out into the rain today. She's got three kiddos, and I was like, we'll come to you. I need to get out. Let's go over and just wing it. We'll see what happens, and the kids were just playing all kinds of things, having tea parties. We brought over cookies, homemade cookies that you and Lucille baked together when I was <laughs> gone. Um, another shout out to my other friend, Chelsea, went to the Caps game. I mean... I feel so grateful for all the amazing uh, ladies in my life. So I, to go backwards, um, my friend Chelsea and I, we had an epic day and sat- on Saturday. We uh, took the train to D.C. We drove and then took the metro to D.C. and just had a great time exploring the city, had a great dinner, watched the Caps play. They lost, but it was still like the vibe, the energy it was so fun. Um, and then today with my other friend, the kids just playing games doing makeup things and then they had we had lunch together it was just really good deep conversations that's the one thing i like about having these like these intimate times with people like one-on-one it's that i'm able to have like such rich conversation and go a lot i think deeper into history or thoughts or beliefs than normally you do when there's a lot of people so i'm just really truly grateful for these intimate times that i'm able to spend with people that i truly can now call like really good friends. So that's, that's all me. Awesome. What about you? I am grateful for not renewing our YouTube TV subscription for the NFL playoffs. (laughs) The, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, my team, uh, went down very dramatically. It was not good. I didn't have any high expectations, but I didn't really, I couldn't justify the 64 99 a month just to watch one game. Luckily, I was able to find a free trial on NFL Plus and was able to watch the game for free. 
NFL Plus, you got a lot of work to do. Your app is pretty shitty. It <laughs> was lagging and then catching up, lagging and catching up. I don't know what was going on with that, but... It's because it was none, free. Needless to say, it did not move forward to the paid subscription of NFL Plus. So, yes, I'm just grateful for making smart monetary decisions <laughs> and that the NFL season for me is officially over. Oh, yeah. Not that I was really watching anyway. I was going to say, you weren't really watching no, football. because we don't s- have TV. <laughs> yeah, we true. don't have a TV. We have a TV, but it's not out. <laughs> it's And if you want to know why it's not out, you're going to have to check out our TV episode that we did back in December. Yeah. Was that December or November? End of November. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. you're right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's been, it's it's been, been a fun experiment. Experiment that's turned into like... Permanent. lifestyle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which kind of goes into our discussion today. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit about the evolution. lack of TV in our house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jilly, we, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about parenting today. Again, we did a parenting episode. I believe it was episode number 24. And so if you want to go back and listen to that episode and see where we were then and where we are now, we highly encourage that. We will link the uh, episode in the show notes. So Jilly, let's dive into some parenting. Totally. I mean, man, three and a half years since we talked about like reflections of parenting. And I know I'm sure we've talked about parenting beliefs and things trickled in, you know, amongst the episodes over the years. But oh, definitely. It's been a while since we did one, like an episode just really, really focusing on like where we are in our stage of parenting because we know it changes and resources change and what you consume changes and and your kid changes and your kid changes. Yes. (laughs) The most important part. Um, so thinking back then and actually listening to that episode, it was actually really funny going back and listening to what was going on in our life, like hearing the cocktails clinking yeah, in the background. My goodness. We used to drink during the episodes and That's right. Now we're sipping on water. <laughs> and Soleil water. No yeah, and uh no breastfeeding is happening now. But yeah, when I'm some of the things that stood out to me and there was a lot of similarities that I feel like I still believe in. But one thing that I, I didn't mention, but I know I really thought highly about, and I still think highly about, but about play. I think in the beginning when I started and as a teacher, like play is the primary focus of childhood. Like it's all about the play, creating the most peaceful, intentional, playful experiences for our kids to have and it's not that i don't think play is important but i think there's another vital component with the play and it is absolutely involving kids in our world i think before i would do a lot of the quote-unquote adult things while lucille was playing like doing the dishes cooking meals Mm -hmm. cleaning a lot of things i was like i just want to get it done she can play because that's what's most important for her and then i'm going to do all the quote-unquote adult stuff and my mind has been blown by a resource a book i recently read and i have tried integrating all of the things that i learned in this book and it's going to be the absolutely the resource for this episode so i will wait and share that at the end but i have noticed just as equal importance as play as involving kids in our world into what we're doing in our day-to-day yes 
so that they are learning the importance of responsibilities and the values of the family and why it's so important that we work together and that mom is not the one just doing the laundry, the cleaning or what, and dad isn't just doing that. It's a process that we're all a part of and, but we don't force her a part of, but we involve her. If we, if, if she says yes, it's like, come along. And most of the time she does. She's so freaking excited to be a part of the family and to help out and do things. And that is one thing that has really changed. I see play as a really vital component because I know she's experimenting and doing a lot of learning in play, but also it's like 50-50. I see the value in bringing her into our world and what we want to do, into what we need to do in order to, you know, make this life as meaningful and what we want to create it to be. So that is like a huge pivot for me that I feel and parenting. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I I went back and listened to the episode and there's a lot of things that I feel like at the time are still applicable now and it just may look differently than what it looked like back then. Obviously, with a baby, especially if it's your your first child, there's a lot of experimenting going on, just trying to ebb and flow with their routines, try to you know, mesh with their emotions and whatnot and you know, that continues to be, you know, the the case now with, with Lucille. There, there's a lot of experimentation. We talked a little bit about taking away, not taking away the TV, but hibernating the TV for, for some time. And that has been quite a beautiful experiment. It is something that has helped her more with her creativity, her imagination. It encourages play. It encourages her to also be part of what we're doing. So whether it is doing the dishes, whether it's making a crock pot meal or wanting to bake cookies together. Like those are the things that, you know, she's learning a whole bunch of life skills and we're turning those things into responsibilities now. And it's, it's not, we're trying not to use the word chores. And I I think that's one of the words that we will try to refrain from our vocabulary, but more incorporate responsibilities. And so you've done a really cool thing where there's a a chart that's on the refrigerator of her morning responsibilities. And those responsibilities are making her bed, brushing her teeth, um, you know, picking out her clothes and, and putting them on and tidying up her toys. Like those are her responsibilities. And as she masters those things, we will continue to add to those responsibilities. And it's all a part of us working together as a family and, you know, just making sure that we have time for all the fun things. If we can take care of our responsibilities really quickly, then that's more time for us to have fun together as a family for you to hang out with your friends and and all those things. So the experimenting has resulted in some just beautiful, um, things that are going on around the house, you know, some beautiful, uh, you know, involvement and, and just, you know, us growing together as a family. Yeah. I mean, I can't say enough wonderful benefits of such a simple act, a really difficult act in the beginning of taking away the television. And it could be anything that was just like the main distraction for us. And it was causing a lot of stress and overwhelm and behavior as well during certain times of the day. And Oh yeah. I, I'm just so grateful for just trying it and sticking to it and then realizing like, this is gold. Like, let's just keep this going. And yeah, I mean, I don't want to dive too deep in that because we've already yeah, we've, we've dedicated we've a whole about topic, it, but, but, um, 
Well, and I when I was listening to the the previous podcast when she was one, there was something I said, and I think we both talked about like especially when traveling, just not having mm. any expectations. Yes, and I've shifted a little bit with that, and I may have mentioned this before, but um, I really don't have have expectations for Lucille's performance on anything whatsoever. Like whatever she's into, I don't have an expectation on an outcome. It's just enjoy the journey. What happens will happens. We'll. You know, I'm here along the way, the mistakes, the stumbles, the struggles, all that, all that good juicy stuff. But I do do, (laughs) do do, (laughs) I have really high expectations when it comes to her character. And I take that super seriously when I think about homeschooling Lucille, like kindness and being helpful and being honest. Those are things Mm -hmm. that I take highly seriously. And I really make sure to focus on throughout the day with anything we do that she hears those words constantly about what does a kind person do? What does a helpful person do? You know, that's the whole thing with teamwork, like with the family and telling the truth is so powerful and so, you know, important in life. So that is currently, and I think just I have expectations for her being a part of this family, which means doing those responsibilities. And, you know, so I'm shifting a little bit with that. My expectations are that she's part of this family. She's a team. She works with us and that I have expectations on her character. And that's it. Everything else, it's like uh, it ebbs and flows as it has. But, you know, even her behavior, like I don't expect Lucille to like have a certain behavior when we go out somewhere it's like lucille's gonna feel her feels when she needs to i'm not embarrassed by it like it is what it is i'm there for her to soothe her to to give her hugs whatever she needs but the only expectations i have like i said are that she's a part of this family does the work with us and that you know just those character traits that i talked about yeah and there's ways that you can do that while having fun as far as setting up expectations i when you were talking about being truthful and not lying. I I correlate that with what we've done from the very start of when we started playing board games with her. Mm. You know, Candyland was the the first game that she really got. And of course, you know, as anybody, it's competitive. You want to win. And that that was a hard thing to to kind of get over. But we did not allow any cheating Mm. from the very beginning. And I think that actually was you know just a great thing because literally by day three like she was like okay if mama and papa are going to play the game you know i can't cheat and you know we're going to do it the right way we learned win win or lose it's just a game i'm a little more competitive than that but that's just me (laughs) by nature but it was just amazing to see her just kind of like okay i can't do this because you know it's it's not right so it's it's an expectation that we set with her so yeah, I mean, there there are fun ways that you can do that and, and you know, smaller ways, but you know, do we let her win? Sure. We let her win, but we're, the one thing we won't let her do is cheat. Yeah, and there's something I heard at a homeschooling conference last year that had stuck with me and it was like a simple quote. It was children are learning habits. It's just what habits are they learning? So no matter what you're doing, that's a habit that child is is going to remember and is going to build upon. So it's either start now you know, be consistent about it because no matter what they're learning a habit, is it a habit you want or is it a habit you don't want? So I always think about that. It's always in the back of my mind. You know, I could let it slide like, oh, this time I could let it slide this time. And I was like, do I really want this to be a habit that I want to stick with Lucille? Right. And when it comes to certain things like her character, it's like, absolutely not. So I'm very, I have expectations on that and I set boundaries and, 
you know, have little chats with Lucille and she knows and I give her the look. Like, you know. <laughs> so that is one thing that has definitely changed with parenting for sure. Yeah. I will say one of the things that I've struggled with and I think I'm getting better with over time is that Lucille was very quick to pick up words and to be able to to talk and, and just like even at a young age, you can say a word and she would spit it back at you. And, and so I feel like her vocabulary advanced, you know, very rapidly. One of the things that as an adult you feel like is, okay, because they're speaking these words, that means they comprehend everything mm. you say. And that's certainly not the case. You, you, you can try reasoning and you're trying to reason at a level you feel like they know it. But like really just because they can say the words doesn't mean that they know the deeper meaning of, of, of words and whatnot. So that was one of those areas where I kind of had to take a step back and be like, okay, I do need to treat you like a three-year-old or a four-year-old. Um, you know, at this point, you know, I, I think I was probably treating her more like a six or a seven-year-old. And it was just really a good reminder that, hey, you know, just because they can communicate with you doesn't mean that they can communicate to the, their fullest extent possible. So that was just a really big learning experience for me is, is, is just really trying to dive as deep in but also at the same time like we're learning not to pry as much either which i think is is another thing that is <laughs> is, is is that you learn from this book yeah and i haven't experimented with as much as as you have because this is something that's literally relatively new yeah that that we started doing but we're already starting to see some results did you want to kind of explain like what that that is i'm sure that was on your list um Actually, it wasn't, but oh, I don't, I have, you're welcome. Yeah, I have no problem talking about it. But like what you said, real quick, is that you're right, like how one skill can develop more rapidly than like another skill. So, like her social and emotional skills are not where her verbal skills are. Right, so, right. having that reminder that one skill doesn't equal all skills and just knowing that the nuance of all that, especially with kids. But, um, yeah, one thing we've changed with parenting is that, um, we've stopped talking as much. Yes. Um, I think I, and I think there's a lot of parents that do that. You just narrate everything you're doing. You talk about everything you see, um, everything you pass. You're always asking them questions. Isn't, you know, you're saying, oh, that's beautiful. If they're drawling, like you're praising, you're just doing a lot of talking and that expends a lot of energy. And I should know, cause I used to do that as a teacher too. And I just kind of was like, brought it on into motherhood and, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I'm just saying it takes up a lot of energy to constantly be communicating and talking about all the things all day long. And this resource, this book that I read basically was stating that we really don't have to talk that much. And actually there's going to be way less struggles and confrontation yes. because we're not talking and prying as much. The less you talk, actually the more melodic the day is because there's less of a struggle there's more just flow and less friction. And if you think about it, one thing could set off your kid. It could be how you say mm -hmm. it, what you said, the word. So the less speaking we do and the more intentional we are just listening and then speaking when we think it's an appropriate time for them, man, the day just flows with so much more ease. And I really have to catch myself when I feel those teacher instincts in me come out of just like wanting to say something or want to ask her something, I just kind of like let it flow until maybe Lucille points something mm -hmm. out or she asks me a question and it's been miraculous. <laughs> I think this is widely applicable 
especially when it comes to problem solving. I feel as a parent, I've always wanted to help her solve her problems. And so it's just like, I don't know what to do. And then I will give a list of 10 suggestions and she shoots each one of them down. Each time I make a suggestion, I'm pissing her off even more. Like she's a human being, like she, she doesn't want 50 questions, you know, the same <laughs> way we don't want 50 questions about things. And so I find myself stopping, like when I get ready to say, Lucille, wouldn't you want to? And then I just like, you know what? Never mind. You know, I'm going to let her figure this out for her own. And I think that's just another thing that it just really helps them with their problem solving skills. Like we, we can't solve all their problems for, them. we shouldn't ex be expected to solve all their problems. We are there, you know, especially as they get older, when they need advice and, and to, you know, hopefully lead them down the, the right path. But just like adults, you know, kids need to make mistakes. They need to learn from those mistakes. Um, obviously, if they're doing something that's going to severely harm themselves, then we do want to <laughs> step sure. in for those th kinds of things. But, you know, when it comes to the small things, um, you know, let them make them this, their decisions. Let them make their mistakes. Let them be messy. And that was another thing, too, is just like, you know, they're not going to do dishes as well as we're going to do dishes, or they're not going to clean up the as well as we're going to. They're not going to make the bed as well as we're going to make the bed. But if you just let them make the bed and just leave it, like it's an accomplishment. It's like, it's going to encourage them to want to do it even more. Yeah. If you're going back and cleaning up what they're doing or, or, or straightening out their bed a little bit more, then they're just going to be like, well, why the hell didn't you just do it? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that. that I, it makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely builds up her confidence. Like you can see this confidence now and when she do things and how proud and excited she gets when she does oh, yeah. all of her chores on her own or she tidies up toys. And it's becoming this habit now that it's less that I even have to mention it. It's kind of like she knows what to do. And you can tell like she is more autonomous and she's more resilient because of it. And these are all skills that I want her to develop. And if it involves her developing the skills with me shutting my mouth more, then that's like <laughs> the best thing in the world because then it's more energy that I can save for other activities maybe yes. that I want to do or maybe when I really need to dive in with Lucille if there's a time where I really need, just need to soothe her or say things, you know, or tell a story. It's or... a choose your battles kind of situation. Exactly. And I will say that's the hardest thing I think in parenting is just letting go and just watching because we want to be a part of it. We want to help, but it's like we're more of a help if we let go and let them try and figure it out or do the thing or just be and observe and make their own connections on their own instead of forming all of their connections for them. And that's another thing. I think sometimes we want to impart all of our quote unquote wisdom on our kids, yeah. but that could interfere with what they're developing in their mind, the associations, you know, how they're inputting it into their brain, what they think of the moment. I am especially conscious of, I try not to say anything like, ew, or that's disgusting because those are imprinted in their mind. And every time they see that and they know that their mom or dad is going to be like, ew, that's disgusting. They immediately are going to have those same reactions. So I'm trying my best to keep those opinions to myself and just let her experience the world for all its glorious mess and beauty. And it has just made a world of difference in her outlook in life and her mindset. And mm -hmm. it's changed my mindset and world as well because I'm more conscious of, you know, why did I react that way? It wasn't necessary. It's just something probably I heard when I was a kid or the masses in school, sure. you know, you, you see a bug, people go, ew, and like you go, ew. And it's like this pattern that develops and you hold on to. So it has been so beautiful shutting up and watching and then just kind of rewiring my brain in the journey as well. It's hard. 
It's hard, especially yeah. when you've been doing that since day one. But it is possible. And, and if you are conscious about it and mindful, then you will catch yourself doing it. You're able to kind of quickly get out of that situation. But it, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes practice. And, you know, practice makes progress. Progress. I knew it was <laughs> That's our mantra keyword. from yeah. last month. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that it's a good experiment going and going full circle here if we can you know it's a, it's an experiment that we highly encourage uh trying especially if you have a, a young one you know a, a toddlerish slash uh young child so even at any age really yeah, really it's never too late to rewire some habits and to we change can only speak for how it's working with a, a four and a half year old but you know i'm sure we're all human human nature and i mean if you think about who our environment is and who we hang out with we become those people, you know, we, we pick on maybe their, we pick up on their habits or their way or activities or things they say, and they become our own. So I think that your environment is is huge at any age. You can develop and change habits and ways of thinking. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. Was there anything else you wanted to say? We can go on to the next one. Um, Okay, so I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, the episode that we did, but I was still in the phase of thinking that going to school, doing school, whether it was in the classroom or at home, is what you do to get ready for the real world. I was still kind of under that umbrella. You weren't red-pilled fully yet. When I even thought about homeschooling, it was like, I still had this notion that, oh, I still have to plan lessons and I still maybe should find a curriculum. And I I still was like thinking of subjects and not a holistic way. And it has totally shifted and evolved where I don't think school prepares us for life. I think school prepares us for school. And I think... Oh, shit. What was I going to say? <laughs> You're going down the homeschooling route. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. And that um, education is what prepares you for life. So I'm noticing more of this difference between school and education. Sorry for that long pause if we don't edit it out. <laughs> oh, we're not. We're going to leave it there. Yeah. Um, so I, I've just noticed vast, vast differences. And I've consumed a lot of material, a lot of podcasts. I've heard a lot of families' experiences. And I am living it now. Like... Lucille is being educated. I don't even want to say homeschooled. I don't, I mean, I I call it unschooling because that's what we're doing. I think unschooling is a form of natural learning and educating, and it's vastly different than the system we were put in. And it doesn't need to be separated and it doesn't need to, we don't need to have a curriculum if you don't want it. And, you know, I think ideas and community is like the most important part. And, um, just going with what your child values and what they're interested in and supporting them in that. And Lucille has learned so many things just along the way. And she's learning grammar from doing Mad Libs. I didn't have to create some specific lesson and force this upon her. It was like, she's naturally learning in things that she wants to do and have fun in. And it's so exciting to see her intrinsically motivated about things that I know are like, certain lessons or things you learn in English or, you know, building language and yeah, all that. Yeah, I mean, that. I'm and even learning about nouns and verbs and adverbs and stuff now. <laughs> I have no idea what these things are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just actually seeing it in motion and how just life teaches her the skills that she needs for the real world. And it's a fucking beautiful thing to observe. 
Yeah. No, it absolutely. Really is. Like never would have thought that like Mad Libs would be something that a four and a half year old would even grasp the concept. But like if you if you find ways to kind of explain the different things, you yeah. know, and noun, you know, person, place, or thing. Um, you know, how would you describe something? You know, it's just like giving her a little clues and, and maybe dropping a hint there and there and then the creativity then it's just like she associates it and was like holy hell like this is this was a grammar lesson in, in just a matter of, of having this goofy mad lips thing <laughs> it's so, been wild yeah. yeah i mean the you know i'm i'm really excited for this journey i've i've been from day one even probably before lucille was born i was like you know if we're gonna if we can find a way to do homeschooling we're gonna do homeschooling and i'm just glad that everything in our life has happened the way that it has. We've made the moves that we need to make to set ourselves to be in this position to homeschool, unschool her, allow her to, you know, lead her uh, education. And it, it is interesting. Like, you know, we're not like sitting there forcing her to learn, like draw a draw B, but like she's doing it because she's now interested in it. She's like, you know, I want to know letters. I want to know my numbers. Now I want to try to put words together. Like she's trying to spell out stuff with like her little letters that we have in the bathtub. And she's like, what does this spell pop? And I'm like, I don't know, honey. I was like, that's not a word, but like she's interested in it. So like, you know, she's going to take those steps naturally to want to learn to read and whatnot. And she's going to, you know, eventually see other kids reading and be like, well, I want to learn how to do that. So like, there's a lot of encouragement that happens not only within the household, but within the community that mm -hmm. we're, we're building here. And that's all because she wants to start writing cards. Like she's been wanting, yeah. she's been sending cards for quite some time and I've been dictating all of it, but now she really wants to be able to like write on her own. So she was like, I want to practice my letters so I can write words. So she's been practicing her letters on her own. And oh, by the way, when she puts weird letters together, I always, I sound them out anyway. And then we just make silly words. So like <laughs> if she puts a word together, instead of saying like, oh, that's not a word, I just sound it out. And I'm like, that's a silly word. Isn't I tried it? today, like, but yeah. the, the letters were not matching up <laughs> at all. But yeah, I've noticed that too, her wanting to like sound out things. And it's like, oh my God, like just observing this shit, just how natural it is for kids to want to learn. And it may be in different modalities of like, whether they are playing a video game and they want to learn to read or write because they want to talk to people on mm -hmm. there, or whether it's, you know, they want to, you know, write a letter to someone like there, there's a reason that intrinsically motivates them and drives them to want to learn it. And it's just, when it flows, it's just, it's so damn beautiful to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, was there anything? Yeah. So like the, the other thing that I feel like we were one place then and, and, you know, in a completely another place now, and maybe not even like the concept was way off, but you know, when it comes to like food and, and, and meals and stuff like that, I know when she was like a, a baby and, and turning one and, you know, just turning to solid foods, we were like, you know, we're never going to do sugar. We're never going to do all this stuff. You know, it was just kind of like those things, but of course, those things find, you know, their way into her life. And I, we've been certainly mindful about the types of food that come in here. You know, we, we, we read ingredients and um, labels and, and all those things. But, you know, it, it's, it's a challenging thing to not have a sweet at every meal or, or something that's just loaded completely with sugar, um, especially, you know, once they start having them that, you know, sugar is an addictive thing you know that that you're just kind of craving it more and it's more. more addictive than I, I think it's more addictive than cocaine or anything mm, um nicotine i uh, i would say it's probably the most addicting thing on the on the face of the earth and so challenges when it comes to to meals and stuff like that i i feel like we, we've gotten better we we always are trying to get her to eat 
you know, some kind of meat or meat based um, or animal based or at least whole food. Um, you know, if she's getting sugar through whole food, I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day for me, it's still sugar. Um, but at least it's um, a whole food and not like a, a candy bar or goldfish or, or something along those lines. But what we've found is that and this this is something that especially as she was getting older and wanting like desserts and stuff like that is is just like no we're not doing any of that like we we took a very solid stand with those kinds of things and you know some nights it would be she would ending her night eating what her dinner was three hours earlier and what we really just kind of come to understand as parents is like you know kids will eat you know they they may not want to eat what's in front of them right now but they will eventually they'll get hungry and if you have the nourishing foods there and and kind of cut down on the junk i will say that it's possible to get there it it may seem kind of like the tv where it may be a struggle at the very beginning but if you keep up with that routine and just make it um, something that's part of your every day then then it becomes less of a struggle and now like i'm just loving seeing lucille this week and and you know very you know for, for at least the past couple of months now is just like prioritizing meat. You know, we, we get her lunch meat, you know, she loves that stuff. Um, dinner, she's, she's very into beef chuck and pulled pork, uh, chicken. So like, we're, we're just excited to see that, you know, while we still allow, you know, sugar and sweets in her life that, you know, we are also seeing that she's eating a lot of nourishing foods. Well, I think it's the same the same way with the TV, it was a distraction for us. Whereas all of the junk, the sweets that maybe we did have in the house, they were also a distraction from what we wanted for her and we wanted her to consume, right? Right. So it was just taking away the distraction. We stopped buying the yogurt pouches. We yeah. stopped buying any of those little snack bagged foods that maybe were just convenient or, you know, kid kid friendly, you know, have cartoons. No on sugar them. added. So we've just stopped buying them. Like the only thing we do buy if, you know, we buy Laura bars, she does like them in the morning for breakfast and, you know, we have fruit and then we do have really good ice cream, you know, that she can venture into. Um, things we can't control is like Halloween candy. You know, it is what it is that those things come into our life. We don't want it to completely like deplete her from. But we did control things. it pretty much too. Way, like, we, you know, it's, Pick out three that you can have that night, and oh, then yeah. <laughs> there's the quote unquote afternoon treat. And yeah. as long as she ate her lunch meat during, you know, lunchtime or whatever it has, then yeah, she can have one piece of candy. Yeah, we do this thing where she is allowed to have an afternoon treat, and that is has been really helpful in just helping her consume nourishing foods for lunch. So she knows the ritual, she knows the routine. This is a habit now. Like if she doesn't, we say meat before treat. So if she doesn't eat her meat, she knows she's not gonna get an afternoon treat. And we can control the treats when we're at home, which is great. Sometimes we can't, that's okay, it's part of life. Can't control everything. But I will say <laughs> the routine is like in her vocabulary, when, even when she role plays her restaurants and in her kitchen, it's like, you know, beef chucks, steak, eggs, like, um, tuna girl. fish like these are things in her life every day that's becoming a part of her and it is it's one of those things where i remember the doctor we recently took her you know is she a picky eater and i was and i told her i was like you know i thought she was a picky eater but then we stopped buying all the junk and she started eating real foods so i think the whole quote-unquote picky eater thing isn't really an issue when you take all of those things that could yes. be distracting our kids out of the way. Thousand percent. Um, it just really helps them zero in and focus in on what's important. And 
Lucille is just like her temperament, her mood, like her emotions, like they seem really balanced. And I can see the difference sometimes when she does eat the other stuff. And some kids have a more heightened reaction than others, but it's, it is so vastly different. And, um, that has been, yeah, just again, removing the distractions of habits. We don't want our kids Mm -hmm. to be lifetime habits, whether or not they do that in adulthood, like it is what it is. We're doing the best we can with what we know while she's still here. And I think about all the habits that my mom did for my lunches and it was like lunch meat and my sandwiches every day. And I love that. And I still think about that and how excited I would get. So it's funny how these habits, even though sometimes you don't think about them, they're ingrained in us anyway. So it's like, why not ingrain the really good nourishing habits that are going to help her remain happy and healthy in long term. And it all goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I think she's more excited now in helping out with meal preparation and whatnot. I was watching a video about sous vide because we just got a sous vide. I'm really excited about that. Thank you, Drew. And she sat there and watched the video with me because like, she's like, what's he making? I was like, well, he's making steak. And you're like, well, how's he cooking it? And like, you know, we watched him, you know, put it in the water and then sear it. And she was just like, okay. But like, I just find it fascinating. Like, you know, we've made that just such a big part of our lives. And now she's just really interested in the process. So like involving her in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's been awesome. And I want to say something before we move on. Last night we had a campfire and she wanted to roast some marshmallows and we had those mini marshmallows and I put like three on a skewer. So she had those three marshmallows and then she's looking at me with that look, mom, can I have some more? Can I have some more? And I easily could have just like went with it. But I was like, no, sticking to the boundaries. Like you had your marshmallows. And then she asked me, can I have some lunch meat then? She was still hungry. That's the thing. Like, I think it can be easy just to like, oh, I want to make my kid happy and I want to appease them. But really, if you stick to the boundaries, they're going to be, Lucille is showing me like, she's like, okay. And she was still hungry and she asked for meat. And I'm like, it's just like living it, experimenting with it. I can't like say enough things about consistency with what you want your child to consume or not consume. So yeah. I mean, food is, is is such a touchy subject, and and I feel like, you know, we've we've done a good job about communicating with it, and, and certainly not in a way that you know we say we should say that you should be doing this and you should be doing this. Um, you know, everybody's different, um, and so you know, we're just kind of really sharing what works with us, what works for us, and if this is something that you are looking to do um, as a parent with your child, it's possible connect with us. We're happy to talk to you more about how we, we go about that. It is, it is a difficult thing and it's not easy. Um, but I, I feel like overall, when you look at the big picture, it's definitely worth it. And I think when you educate the child in the process, like when we talk about ingredients, Lucille, now when she goes over to other people's houses, she's asking me about the goldfish. She's like, is there red dye in this rainbow goldfish? And I'm like, yep. And she's like, is there corn serpent? Like, she asked these questions because she knows like that we talk about ingredients and we're just trying to normalize that conversation. Like, so that way she's aware of it and can communicate that. So it's really cool when you pair like nourishing foods with education, not demonizing anything, but really just stating the facts. Like when you consume a lot of sugar, it's actually really damaging to us and can cause a lot of illness mm-hmm. and disease amongst the other things in the world. But we just want to empower her to make the decisions that she will make when she's older. But I think just educating along the way paired with that is just really powerful. Yeah. You said a word and I kind of want to go down this rabbit hole 
because I think it's another thing that we've done as parents and I think we've done it very well. And that is normalizing Mm. the word normalizing. And I'll, I'll give an example. The other day we were at a coffee shop and I went into the bathroom and Lucille wanted to go into, I thought she had to go to the bathroom. Turns out she just wanted to go into the bathroom with me. And there was a small trash can in front of the, the, the toilet and she popped it open and she looked in there and it was a bunch of feminine products. And she's like, well, what, why is this trash can really small? And she saw that there was another trash can in there. And I was like, well, that's where, um, ladies dispose of their, their feminine products. And she's like kind of thinking, she's like, is that when they're bleeding out of their vulva? And I was like, yeah, that that's right. And I feel like that is, you know, as a four and a half year old, like, I don't know if a lot of four and a half year olds know that and know those terms or whatever, but we've normalized those things very early, you know, penis, vulva, whatever, like body parts, body yeah. parts and everything like that. If she asked, she's curious and we're not, we're, we don't lie to her about those kinds of things. We try to put it in terms that she can understand. But like, I think just normalizing it early just makes it less, less faux. I was going to, yeah, less taboo, you know, moving forward. And, and I don't know. I mean, I think having a four and a half year old who can scream that if something bad was happening, you know, I think that that would just be like, holy shit, deter people from crazy stuff. But she's fucking educated. Yeah, man. she is. <laughs> but yeah, normalizing has been a huge, huge, um, thing that we've done with her. And I, I think that, you know, it's, it's just really awesome to see and her putting those kinds of things together. Yeah, no, that's funny. She pointed that out. Cause she always asked me about that small trash can. And, um, <laughs> Because when she does see me bleed, I tell her, I'm like, it happens once a month and it means mama's body is healthy and it won't do it forever, but it does it once a month. So she just sees me bleeding and I talk to her about it. Like, I don't want it to be like taboo. I don't want it to her to be shameful. I just want to like educate her on who we are, body parts and what it does, which I think should really be part of everyone's education on the the vessel that we have and what yeah. it's capable of and how to take care There's of no it. There's no shame in it. So yeah, a hundred percent normalizing has always been on my agenda as a parent and it's just evolving as she is getting older, which is so wild. Oh yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely. All right, Jilly, you got anything else? Um, one last thing I know we talked about in our last episode about, um, going with the flow. Hmm. And I did recently an Instagram post about this. I'm less about go with the flow and more about going with your flow, the individual flow and doing what's best for you and modeling that for our kids. So versus being the martyr and like just doing things because I know it'll make Lucille happy, whether that's like going to a child center activity or, you know, doing something longer just because I see she's having a good time. I make sure to like, really hone into my needs as well. And I could go with the flow would make her life easier, but if it's going to at all make me like, just, I don't know in a word, like my mental health is going to struggle some sort of like the the balance is like way off and I can feel it coming. I'm going to go with my flow, (laughs) not just your period flow, but really hone in and show Lucille boundaries and really listening to what what feels good for you, your intuition, your gut, and making sure that's you're in tune with that and you are aligning that to your life and what you want to do in your activities and what you say yes to and what you say no to. And I think 
now, like it's never too late to start that. So my whole mantra on that has completely shifted. I think I used to just kind of like sacrifice, you know, my time or my space just because Lucille really wants me or, you know, separation is hard or, you know, and I'm, it's still in practice and in progress. And I'm, I'm getting better at like creating space for me and involving her more in things that I like and seeing how she gets joy from it as well. When I thought maybe, Oh, it's a quote unquote adult thing. She's not going to like it, but we have tried to live our life and bring her into our world as much as possible. But I also think it's important to, you know, not sacrifice ourselves for what we think quote unquote is happiness for our Mm -hmm. kids. So that is, that's a huge difference for me. And it feels good to really show Lucille the boundaries of like alone time and oh, yeah. doing things that I like and, you know, being a team mm-hmm. with the family and how we all can work together and cooperate yeah. and, and make that work. So Well, she needs her alone time too. And she, she verbalizes that to us or if not, then she just kind of does her own thing. But yeah, there she's, she's a human and we all need kind of our times to ourselves to whether it's, you know, getting our mental health back or whatever. So you know, I, I think that's a, a very important point that, you know, we we can't sacrifice ourselves all the time and we need to make time for ourselves so that we can be the best for her. Yeah. And, and showing her that and communicating that. So that way she doesn't feel guilty or wrong for, you know, making a decision where she feels in a situation like I want to get out of here or I, I, I feel like I need to do this. Like, do the thing, girl. Like, yeah. say, see you later or leave the space. Do what you need to do for you. Um so yeah, I think that's something really important in parenting that I'm definitely working on. Yeah. Did you have anything else? I got one more. Oh, you do? Yeah. Look at you. I said this on the the, the last episode, on episode 24, and I'll say it again. Seeing you as a mom is the most rewarding thing that I am being part of parenthood. So you were just an amazing mom. Luke Seal is lucky to have you as a mom, and I'm lucky to have you as a uh, as a wife here and a partner in this parenthood journey. You're just trying to make me cry again. I am. Well, is you it working? Are a pretty badass dad. Thank you. Or Papa. I love it. I love that we do Papa. Man, it just sounds so cute. <laughs> you are a phenomenal Papa, and I am grateful that you are open to evolving with me on this journey and listening to anything that I learn. And you're much wiser it than I, so I'm gonna follow you. We have our own categories of <laughs> wise wisdom and wisdom. Um, I take that back. <laughs> I never said I was great with speaking, Nick. Um, but no, I I think we both deserve a big pat on the back for making it through four and a half years of parenting and keeping our sanity and yeah. joy and creating the life we want. It's 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 possible and you're awesome. Yeah, thank you. And we're here to help everybody too. So again, you know, I, I talked about if you have any questions about anything, please hit us up on Instagram or even shoot us an email. Our email is still in the show notes. Um, but yeah, we, we'd love to, to help out. And, and um, yeah, we're all in this together uh, in this journey of parenthood. So let us know. Let's share some ideas and, and, you know, let's make everybody else's jobs a little bit easier. Totally. Community is everything. And parenting is a hard as fudge job. So have support, reach for support, use your neighbors, use your 
friends, like that's one, another big lesson that in parenting that I think we can conclude with is that parenting isn't just meant for the parents. Parenting is meant for the community, for the village. That expression, like it takes a village to raise a kid is a hundred percent true. And I think that's what makes parenting way more blissful is when you include other people in your journey and let and find people you trust and let that go. And, you know, they can nurture and put in some amazing nuggets of wisdom into our, into our kiddo as well. Yeah. Okay. I, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's a good uh, spot for us to shift to the long-awaited resource that you were going to drop to our listeners. Yes, I recently, like I said, I read a book and it has been life-changing amongst a lot of other parenting books. This parenting book was so different from what I was reading in other parenting books. And I highly, highly encourage you borrow the book from the library is what I did. I kind of wish I had my own copy so I could highlight and underline it. Um, but definitely this is a book worth reading and sharing. It's called Hunt, Gather, Parent. And I actually wrote a blog post that I can put in the show notes as well in case that you're like, reading is hard these days. I don't know if I'm going to get to it now, but I want to know the gist of it. I shared some nuggets that I got from the book and some powerful quotes that have definitely shifted my mothering skills. And it's been fun to experiment, but this is a book like that I cannot recommend more. So definitely hunt, gather, parent. And I don't have the name of the author with me. I'm so sorry. I forgot to write it down, but it's an incredible, credible resource. If you just want to be more relaxed in parenting, just want to have more energy and joy, like this has definitely been a game changer in my mothering game. So I couldn't, you know, like I said, just get the book. Um, so that's the resource is just Michaeline Duckleff. Yes. Is the author. Yes. That's her. It's, it's so cool. It's such a cool journey. Yeah. I'm excited to learn more about it as well. Um, I think we definitely will be purchasing this or I'll be doing an audio book. But either way, just some of the, the lessons that you've shared with me so far have, have been just amazing. So highly recommend it. Hmm. All right. Quote of the day there, Jilly. And quote of the day is from that book. <laughs> of course. The goal is to build deep, high quality connections, not necessarily more connections. Boom. I think just, yeah, focusing on less, focus on deeper that's what it's all about. I think in a lot of areas in life. So I'm going to leave it with like that. Yeah. And your take action challenges. Mm. Maybe just take space and see how your parenting has evolved. And if there's something that feels wrong or something that's a struggle these days or something that you feel like shouldn't be this hard, Definitely check out the book or reach out and find a resource just to experiment with something that could ease the tension, baby. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Your other take cha action challenge is to tune into episode 190, which is our next episode, because there is going to be an announcement that we're going to make. I'm a little nervous. You're a little nervous. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but we will also be continuing our 
evolving series. So definitely stay tuned for that. And that's going to do it for today's episode. And if you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You could do this by writing review on iTunes or Spotify. Spotify does reviews now, and this really helps us get in front of a lot of other folks. And you can also simply just share this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation. Conversation leads to action, and action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today, and we will see you again next week. See y'all later.